Welcome back to episode four of The Fastest Way to Your Next Personal Best. This is the audiobook recitation of the ebook that you can find on stride.com. My name is Evan Schwartz, and I'll be reciting the audiobook version. How can you run faster? Weight and speed, what you need to know. If you want to make progress and sharpen your PR at your favorite distance, introducing variation in your training is important. Are you a runner who often runs at the same distance at the same pace? Introducing variation in your training will make a big difference. More on that later, though. In The Secret of Running, Hans and Ron write extensively about the relationship between weight and speed. They've devoted an entire chapter to it. How much faster will you go when you lose weight? How big is the effect of your mass? The mathematics of mass influence can be explained simply, according to Hans and Ron. Your body is basically at a fixed power P in watts. If you run at a flat course, you use that ability to overcome running resistance and air resistance. If you lose a few pounds, your power remains constant because your strength is unchanged, but your running resistance decreases. As a result, you might be able to go faster. There is, however, a limit. Things go wrong at the point where you no longer lose excess fat, but muscle mass. We want to prevent runners from going overboard in their drive to lose weight. Please note that this is a simplified explanation. It doesn't take into account certain physiological complexities, but generally applies to situations where excess weight is being lost. For this reason, your critical power, just like your tipping point, only becomes interesting when you start to look at your capacity per kilogram of body mass. So, for example, a critical power of 250 watts doesn't say anything about your possible run times. If your mass is around 60 kilograms or a weight of 132 pounds, your power per kilogram of body mass is 4.1. But at a mass of 80 kilograms, a weight of about 178 pounds, your power per kilogram of body mass is 3.1. For example, a 10 kilometer run with a critical power of 4.1 watts per kilogram takes around 41 minutes. The same run with a power of 3.1 watts per kilogram of body weight takes around 54 minutes. So your power per kilogram of body weight is what matters, not your absolute power. Train in your zones. Earlier on, we talked all about the five different zones. We'll discuss this in more detail in this chapter. Some watches work with a bunch of different training zones, but really it depends on what you use consistently. Other watches might use things like zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, and zone five, and so on. Stride also has five zones that they call easy, moderate, threshold, interval, and repetition. The zones are similar, but not completely interchangeable. For example, Stride works with two zones above critical power, while heart rate watches only have one zone after the tipping point. How do you best use the zones in your training? Again, variation is the magic word if you want to make progress. The main reason why you want to know your different zones is because of the two fuels you carry with you, fats and sugars. We've already described the different fuels in detail earlier. As you know, as an endurance athlete, you mainly use fats and glycogen. You'll use your fat stores when you run slowly, and glycogen becomes your main fuel when you run faster. Variation in training between your fuels makes you faster and provides a good basis to work from. Variation is needed to use your fats efficiently as fuel and to maximize your glycogen stores. You need a good mix between gentle training and intensive stimuli combined with good recovery. 
After all, you don't get better during training, but during the recovery afterwards. You can teach your body to run faster on your fats, partly by running slow and longer. Note that this might be called zone one, zone zero, or the easy zone in the stride ecosystem. This zone is variable in running intensity. If you make progress, you can run faster on your fats and thus your pace will increase. You see this when you train with heart rate. You run faster at the same heart rate. This is fully reflected when you run by power. Your capabilities in the lowest zone can go up. Gentle workouts are good for the basics. If you train more intensively, you'll enter an important zone where your body can choose which fuel to use, fats or glycogen. This zone lasts from your easy zone all the way up to your critical power. Which fuel your body prefers in this zone depends, among other things, on stress and nutrition. Do you have a lot of stress and do you eat a lot of sugar and carbohydrates? Then your body prefers glycogen combustion. In addition to stress and nutrition, your running training is of course also a trigger for fat or glycogen burning. Above critical power, you mainly burn your glycogen, while your fat burning plays a smaller part. With stride, the two zones between easy and critical power are called moderate and threshold. The slower you run, the more your body can rely on fat stores. There's a lot to be gained there with targeted training in various zones. You get to know your body and you learn which zones you've been barely trained at at the moment, especially in the beginning. Runners often notice that they have a strong preference for one zone over the other. So you either run very fast or very calm. Are you a runner who sees a training session or would you rather call it a run as a good moment to catch up with a friend? Then there's a good chance that you have a great base in the low zones, but that you have to get used to more intensive training. Or do you think that training doesn't make sense if you don't sweat a lot and have muscle pain? There might be a good chance that you'll improve a lot if you also include slow training sessions. Training at a slow pace is not a waste of time. Actually, it's meaningful training, which helps build a solid foundation. There's a section in the book that shows which fuel is most useful to you in percentage in terms of max effort. You can see that starting from five minutes, your glycogen and your fatty acids are the main fuels used. In this figure in the book, we make an assumption that you're running as fast as possible. If you run slower, you'll use more fatty acids proportionally. Smart variation in intensity and duration of your workouts ensures that all energy systems are trained. Note that through smart training and healthy nutrition, you can train your body to run more efficiently on your fatty acids. In the chapter previous, what is critical power and what can you do with it? We discussed the concept of the power duration curve. This curve is a great way to check whether you train with enough variation and whether you're engaging all energy systems during your training sessions. In the curve in your stride app, you can see your maximum power from 10 seconds to roughly three hours, depending on how long you've run over the last 90 days. To get a nice personal graph, it's good to at least sprint once for 10 seconds, preferably also uphill or against the wind, and to run a long endurance run at a good effort. The curve also shows whether you've run this wattage in the past 30 days, whether it was between 31 and 75 days, or between 76 to 90 days. Again, anything older than 90 days is not taken into consideration. How does the curve help the check if you have enough variation in your training? If the power duration curve is a smooth line for the past 90 days, then you know you've trained with plenty of variation. However, 
If you see that your line is discontinuous and drops at certain times, then there's an opportunity for improvement. In this example, you can compare your true power duration curve with the modeled curve, which is a white line that's overlaid on top of your power duration curve. It's an estimate for the power that you're capable of at any duration, even if you've not produced power data at that duration. Based on this curve, the runner can target specific areas of their curve to improve. For example, they could perform a max effort three minute activity and a max effort 10 minute activity, two durations which will help improve the overall accuracy of your auto-calculated critical power. The power of intervals. A solid foundation of base training helps you achieve a higher base speed. If your base is good and you've already trained a lot in your different zones, then intervals are a good way to become even faster. Targeted interval training is simpler and more precise with power compared to heart rate interval training. By training with intervals, you can train at a high intensity. This improves your base speed and your body gets used to excess lactic acid. Because of the rest in between intervals, these types of workouts are not as stressful as a race and you can do this kind of training more often. Depending on the goal, the length of the intervals and the intermediate rest varies from one training plan to another. The intensity with which you run intervals also varies. Some intervals are almost at full speed, other intervals you go fast, but still somewhat with the brakes on. How do you know which pace and which distance is most suitable for your intervals? Books have been written about the ideal distances and paces for intervals. It's a delicate job to determine exactly which pace is most suitable for your 200 meters, your 400 meters, your 600 meter repeats, etc. If you've already calculated at what pace you have to run a 200 meter distance, it will still take you several weeks or months before you know exactly what the best pace is for you. As described earlier, your GPS is also not very useful during your targeted short intervals. However, with stride it becomes really easy to do them because stride immediately measures what you're doing. You can check after 10 meters on a 200 meter sprint whether you're on track or not. Because we repeat, power is the amount of energy per second that your body needs to push your mass in the given direction. This applies to the marathon, a half marathon, but also for a 400 meter or 200 meter interval. And now it gets interesting for runners who want to run faster and are willing to train hard in a targeted manner. There's a table in the book that you can see at which percentage of your critical power you should target for specific intervals. So for example, if your critical power is 257 watts, then your ideal power for an interval of 400 meters might be 308 watts. In this example, it's 257 watts for your critical power times 120%. The fact that you see the percentages increase considerably at short interval distances is because you, you use your anaerobic energy systems to supply extra energy there your anaerobic fuel is limited. You'll benefit from a 100 meter or 200 meter interval, but the benefit might be lost at about a thousand meters. Let's talk about an experience. In 2019, Cohn, one of the authors, trained for the Amsterdam Marathon. Since he really wanted to run the marathon in under three hours, he left nothing to chance. So he started to pay attention to his technique. He lost some weight. He started training with intervals with more specificity. After some calculations and consultation, he determined that his ideal pace for 400 meters was a certain number. 
After that, it took a few weeks before he could actually narrow down to that number, which happened to be 87 seconds for his 400 meter repeat. He was used to running by heart rate and had never done interval training at any kind before. It took some getting used to. When he started running with Stride, one of the first things he tested was interval training. According to Stride, he was able to run 308 watts during his 400 meter repeats. After a warm up, he walked to the starting line at the local track and he started at a brisk effort. Still in the first bend, he couldn't resist checking his watch to see what power he was running. 308 watts? For the entire 400 meters, his power fluctuated between 305 and 311 watts, and he was flabbergasted when he saw that he'd run exactly 87 seconds. Then he started training using 200 meter repeats at 323 watts and 1,000 meter repeats at 274 watts because he hadn't done those distances before because he was training with heart rate. It was a revelation. The quality of his training improved immensely and it was all very simple, much easier than figuring out what pace or heart rate to run. Do you know if you're already close to your maximum potential or if there's a lot of progress to be made at your favorite distance? In the next chapter and episode, we'll look at how Stride can help you estimate your potential personal best at the 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon. But now, we're going to talk about knowing your capabilities. As a runner, it's interesting to know what your potential PR is for a certain distance. Even if a personal best isn't your main reason for running, it's still nice to make progress and know what time you can run for a certain distance. Based on your PR for one distance, five kilometers for example, you can find calculation models on the internet where your potential times are calculated for other distances. There are reliable calculation models to determine your potential for the 10K, half marathon, and marathon based on your PR for the 5K. However, this is only true if you ran the 5K under ideal conditions, about eight degrees Celsius or 46 degrees Fahrenheit, hardly any wind, no elevation at your lowest healthy weight, then the comparison is only valid when these variables remain the same. In practice, this is almost never the case. Temperature and wind, for example, are highly variable, which makes it difficult to compare one event with another. Good news for runners with a stride power meter. Determining your potential time at different distances is more accurate and easier than ever. Even temperature, elevation, and wind are included. First, we go back to your critical power. With an accurate critical power, you can determine which times you can run at different distances. Below, we take first a look at the schedule from Ron and Hans as we saw earlier in the chapter. In the overview, you can see your possible times at 3K, 5K, 10K, 15K, half marathon, and full marathon in terms of watts per kilogram. The times naturally take into account a decline at longer distances. You may be relatively better at 5 kilometers or on longer distances, such as a half or full marathon. Some people notice that the times in this example in the book aren't quite right for them, but the predicted finish times based on your watts per kilogram can be a good target time, and for most runners, the formula works well. Although these times are a nice guideline, Ron and Hans can't include everything in this overview. For example, the temperature. 8 degrees Celsius or about 46 to 49 degrees Fahrenheit is an ideal temperature for top runners in the marathon. But what, you sh what should you do if it's not 8 degrees Celsius or 46 degrees Fahrenheit during your event, but 21 degrees Celsius or 70 degrees Fahrenheit, for example? 
We all know someone who, even after good preparation, didn't reach their desired finish time due to the heat. Their training went well, the nutrition was tested, the recovery was fine, there were plenty of drinking stations along the way, but the weather threw a wrench into the works. Because if you train at different temperatures than your event, you might have some issues during the race. You run the planned pace for the first half or your half or full marathon and it feels fine. But as soon as you've crossed halfway, it turns out that you started too fast because the higher temperature makes it harder than expected. Stride has found a solution for that. Once I sat at the kitchen table with three running friends and showed them how Stride's race calculator adjusts your race power to temperature, altitude, and humidity. They were flabbergasted. A week later, everyone had bought a Stride. Below, you'll see an example. I let my Stride know that I wanted to run a half marathon. Based on my critical power, Stride calculates my race power and my expected finish time. So, I can run a half marathon at 265 watts and my expected finish time will be 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 23 seconds. Not bad. Stride says that it can turn out 2 minutes faster or 2 minutes slower based on the conditions. If you already run by power and you hear 265 watts and 1 hour and 22 minutes for a half marathon time, it's because in this example, the author is using 59 kilograms or 130 pounds as their weight entered in the stride ecosystem. Because the author indicates during their half marathon it's 21 degrees Celsius or about 70 degrees Fahrenheit and not the optimal conditions of 8 degrees Celsius or 46 degrees Fahrenheit, you might get a different value. They shouldn't run at 265 watts, but actually at 259 watts. Of course, now the expected finish time becomes a bit slower. Instead of 1 hour and 22 minutes and 23 seconds, the predicted time falls a little bit back to 1 hour, 24 minutes and 32 seconds. Additionally, if it's only 21 degrees Celsius or 70 Fahrenheit, instead of the ideal conditions, and there are also some hills, like an elevation of 230 meters, you'll have to adjust your power a little bit more. Now, you won't run 259 watts, but 257. The race course altitude also ensures that the expected time drops from 1 hour 24 minutes and 32 seconds down a little bit under a minute to 1 hour 25 minutes and 20 seconds. This knowledge could have prevented many breakdowns for many people at events. If you know in advance based on your training, the distance, the surface, the temperature, the height difference, like the altitude and the humidity, then you know what performance you can reasonably expect on race day. And that is, of course, extremely valuable and fun. Here are a few key summaries from this part of the ebook. Variation is the key word in your training sessions. Train in different zones. Exercising slowly makes you faster. Your fat stores are your largest energy source. Learn to use it optimally. Training intervals by power works better than training intervals by heart rate. To predict what's possible for your 5k, 10k, half and full marathon, Stride helps by analyzing the temperature, the altitude, and the difference for specific courses on race day. That wraps it up for this part of the audiobook. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode. Bye-bye.